Chick Hearn Court. Can I get a hello from the audience? What's up, everybody? We are so glad to be back working with GameSpot. This is our third year doing something with GameSpot? No, it's my oh, third year. It's our second, second year. year. Yeah. So we had a great time at the GameSpot stage last year. And so when they reached out and said, hey, does What's Good Games want to come back to E3? And we were like, uh, uh Avi, yeah. it's We're going to be there. Of course. Let's come talk about some video games. But first, introductions. I, of course, am Andrea Renee, joined, as always, by Miss Christine Steimer. Hello. And Miss Brittany Braunbacher. Hello. So, ladies. Yes. It's the end of E3. The it end is, is not. We made it. We did Mostly. It. We How's just got to get I know, right? <laughs> it's been good. It's been a little strange. Like, the E3 in general has oh been my a little God. strange. Don't lean too hard there, Britt. Yeah, you're going to push Don't this move thing the off stage. the stage. Uh, but otherwise, it's been really good. Good. Brittany, how are you... <laughs> Don't don't push the stage over. I've, I'm like straddling the stage, and I feel like um, E3's been wonderful. Great. It's been great. I've got to see some games that I've been looking forward to seeing for a very long time. Had some emotional moments. You were there, and you were there. Yeah. yeah. I mean, well, I wasn't there for all of them. I was there for the first one, which we're going to get into soon. Mm. So we have decided, of course, once again, to do our 10 cool things we saw at E3 2019. We're each going to pick three things, even though, let's be honest, there's a lot of overlap happening here, because we agree that a lot of the things we each liked were pretty cool, and then we're going to talk about one game that really stood out to all three of us. So, we're just going to go ahead and dive right in, because we don't have much time, and there's a lot to talk about. And don't forget, next week we will be back with our regularly scheduled show, where we will deep dive into all of the things that we saw here this week at E3. So let's get things started with you, Steimer. Oh, boy. (laughs) What is one of the coolest (laughs) things you saw here at E3 2019? So I'm going to start with what I'll call the lightest one, the one that I do enjoy and I think is adorable. It flipped up your skirt, but, but not, not super necessarily intense. super blowing up my skirt. Yeah. Okay. Uh, and that is the new Lego Star Wars. I apologize. I actually forget what the new... It's the Skywalker, Skywalker Saga. Skywalker Saga. It's like there's so many friggin' titles. There's, there's a lot of Star Wars. Subtitles will get you. So that, of course, is being developed by the one and only TT, TT Games, Games, known for the Lego franchise, being yep. published by Warner Brothers. Um, we got to see a nice little teaser of it, I believe, during the Xbox briefing. Yes. Um, and Simon and I went to the demo together, and the cuteness overload is on point, as always it is with LEGO games. But it wasn't just, like, the cuteness. I was so impressed by the environments. They were talking about how they basically redeveloped their engines, and, like, now everything is brand new. They didn't just remaster a lot of the old titles, because they've had LEGO Star Wars games in the past. They've actually rebuilt everything. It's really um, pretty. And it's beautiful, and the lighting is... Oh, I was just like, oh, I just want to walk around and look at things. And then I get to be an adorable little Lego person and, like, 
knock things over or apparently you can uh, mind control people into dancing and I was like Perfect. yeah that sounds great oh all the ways you can use the force yeah the force they had a lot of interesting things obviously that the dancing was my favorite of course because I'm gonna make everybody <laughs> dance <laughs> Well, it's always a dance party when Steiner's around. Oh, and I yeah. love that couch co-op is coming back to that, too. Yes. Oh. Definitely like a staple it's... from the Lego franchise, for sure. Yeah. I saw it. I didn't see it with you ladies, but I also saw um, the demo. And I was just kind of blown away. I wasn't sure what to expect. The only Lego games I've ever played were the Star Wars games that came out nine years ago. I don't know how long ago those came out. And so I wasn't sure what to expect. But, yeah, seeing how open-worldly it is, and you can kind of explore and wander around how beautiful it is. Like, I'm in. And it was nice that they also showed us a few of the details that the developers kind of put in. They're like, oh, if you, like, go around these corners, there's just there's little Easter eggs everywhere for you to find. And it just shows, like, how much they really truly care about the work that they do. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's really nice to see. So Absolutely. What's great about the team at TT is that they – take these licenses that we all know and love, but they also add in all of these original business stories. So there's these open world exploration parts of the game. And then they have what they call story moments. So those are going to be those iconic scenes that you recognize from all of the Star Wars episodes, one through nine, including you know the upcoming one that's releasing later this year. And what I thought was really neat is that they allow you to essentially kind of hot swap between the episodes whenever you want to. So they have all nine of them available, and you can kind of like rotate between which one you want to start with or which one you want to finish with, and then you can... You know, kind of leave your playthrough in the middle of an episode and it saves your progress. You can jump into another one. So let's say in our demo, they were playing, you know, The Return of the Jedi. Do you, let's say you want to start there, but then you're like, oh no, maybe I want to go check out what's going on with Phantom Menace. You can do that too. Just hop on over. Yeah, exactly. and then I also thought it was interesting how they were saying that the way that they build some of the stuff in game is they actually have like Lego people build it. And then they put it, I'm just like, that's crazy. I want you to release all of the, like, the blueprints. For these things to see if anyone can build them again in real life. Like, they'll just be like a little Sarlacc pit. Oh, yeah, that was really neat. He was talking about the one-to-one scale of these games and how it would be almost impossible to recreate them in real life just because of how many bricks it takes to build some of these iconic set pieces from the Star Wars universe. So, yeah. Yeah. It was good really first, neat. Good first pick, Steimer. Thanks. Brit. What's one of the cool things you saw at E3? Oh my god, Dragon Ball Z Kakarot. I'm so excited. So this was Dragon Ball Project Z for a while, and then we finally got the official title unveil. And a Dragon Ball Z action RPG is something that I've wanted for a very, very long time. We got Legacy of Goku back on Game Boy Advance. It was cool, but it wasn't like, I mean, it was Game Boy Advance. Not a knock against Game Boy Advance, but you know, does okay. it have the no technology? No knocks against Game Boy Advance. No, 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 no disrespect. <laughs> and so the, the the main question was, okay, we know what kind of story we're getting because the same story that's been told over and over again, and your eyes are gonna glass over, and it's fine. But it's the Dragon Ball Z Goku Freeza saga, and this game, the demo was only twenty minutes, and it picked off where Raditz stole Gohan, that's his son, and you were Goku with your friend Piccolo, and you gotta go save your kid. <laughs> This is Simon right now. I'm just like, what? What are? Just smile what? and nod. Uh, <laughs> yep. Smile. <laughs> great. Love a good Dragon Ball. <laughs> oh no. Is it like a sushi roll? <laughs> oh my god. Get out the fuck out of here. Okay. So obviously we know what the story is we're going to get, but what the big question is is how is this going to translate into an action RPG? Now. It's not open world, truly, because they have to stay true to the story. And if they open up the entire world to Dragon Ball Z, you're going to be able to find people that you shouldn't find because they are staying true to the lore. Um, But this is, from what I've seen, it has all the staples and all the foundation for a solid RPG, which makes me very, very excited. I, you know, the... During the demo, you could go save your son, or you'd go dig around, which is exactly what I did. And I was, like, looking through that all the... That sounds like you. Yeah. <laughs> that is Brittany's list of priorities. Save someone I love? No. 
Dick around. It's dick around. That goes above there. <laughs> Gotta dick around. Because I wanted to dive into the menus and see, you know, I'm a huge RPG fan. Like, how RPG-esque is this going to be? So I, like, wrote down all the options in the menus because, you know, it makes me really, really happy. So this is an RPG in the sense that you do gain experience points. You do upgrade your skills by collecting these things called Z orbs. You have to get different colored orbs, and they're just kind of, like, floating around. Oh, my God. Is this, like, Crackdown? I didn't play Crackdown. Oh. Well, Sorry. don't look at me. That never I didn't play either of these games. <laughs> wow. You're talking about orbs, and I'm like, ooh, ooh orbs. I didn't get into this. <laughs> Maybe I would Maybe like you will game. like the Dragon Balls. Okay, so yeah, you have these Z orbs, and there's blue ones, and to get those, you have to go into the water. If you want green ones, you have to go into the woods, and that's how you find them. And each skill requires a specific amount of orbs to upgrade. So you have the upgrading, and there's fishing, and there's hunting, and there's Whoa. cooking. I know. Are they, are they just like regular animals? Uh, dinosaurs. Di- dinosaurs? There's a dinosaur. A dinosaur? It's a weird world. Okay. There's dinosaurs, and it's amazing. Sure. So I killed a dinosaur. You know, I, I like it. dinosaurs. <laughs> and there's crafting. Maybe and there's... I will like this game. Okay, there's orbs and dinosaurs. It's perfect for That's you. That's all I need in life. It's a perfect thing. Um, and then when you open up the map, you know, you see all these icons of things to do. There's subquests, that's what they're called. Then there's a main quest. There's trainers. There's cooks. There's other things. So you can go around and, like, explore and do the things that you want to do. There's items to find. You can grind and level up and get stronger the combat felt really fun you had your key blast and you had your melee and then if you hold down lb i was playing on xbox controller you had your kamehameha you had kamehameha yes yes <laughs> i think i mispronounced that's okay you have uh, a few other skills as well so i'm excited because now i'm more hopeful because i do think dragon ball the lore can translate into an awesome rpg it's just it can be executed well enough and so far it looks like the foundation is set for it it's just now if they can fill with you know engaging content to make it all come together nice very exciting good i'm so glad that you're happy because it could have gone the other way it could have you and could I have had a sad britney and hands. i like the new harvest moon game that i was oh really yeah, excited we saw that. About. yeah <laughs> we won't I, talk about it no, no it I makes don't britney sad it. we don't want britney no, no, no. sad um okay so my first pick is going to be the thing that we played most recently that i got to play hands-on with brit is Monster Hunter World Iceborne. So I was super excited about this because obviously Monster Hunter World was amazing. It dumped dozens and dozens of hours, probably close to 80 to 100 hours into Monster Hunter World, which is a lot for me because I didn't think I was going to like this game at all because I've tried Monster Hunter in the past on my 3DS and it just didn't click with me. But clearly they changed up a lot of the formula with Monster Hunter World to make it more approachable to people like me who've always been maybe like on the periphery of the hunting genre but never really dove right in. And something about this game just really grabbed me. And so when they announced this expansion um, and they said that we were going to get hands-on here at E3, I was like, Avi, we got to go play. So we got the chance to get hands-on. And of course, I went light bow gun because that's my weapon of choice. I thought it was interesting because the people watching us play the demo were like, we haven't seen anybody use this weapon yet. And I was like, it's the best one. Mm -hmm, Duh. mm -hmm. But I get that, you know, Monster Hunter is known for the big hammers and the swords and stuff. What's your weapon of choice? I did the dual blades or whatever they're called, the because uh, they're fast. Because yeah, I like the big heavy weapons, but if you mistime that, you're like, oh, and the monster's like, like fifty yards that way, and then you're, yeah, yeah. yeah. I prefer fast weapons too. Yeah. I didn't play much of Monster Hunter World, as you know, because my Xbox would not run it. It did not. It's true, but we should have got you to start over on PS4. It's not too late. Hey, but that time it was it was too late. I'm gonna. She had moved die. on. It's true. Well, maybe we'll get you in for the expansion. So they've added some really cool new features. So the first thing, of course. The new Palico outfits oh, yeah. are are so adorable. I, I can't even get over it. Like he's got like a little snow, snowboard on the back. It's like a full snowsuit. It's, it's so cute. They've got 
new armor sets. They've got new types of weapons that you can craft. They've got these new monsters, of course, that are all, like, snow-based. And, like, the mechanics of traversing through the world and kind of seeing your character go... Oh, the Jenga finally lost fell. Do we have a winner? Somebody won and somebody lost. Congratulations. Get an unknown it's Jenga. <laughs> so, of course, you guys know that we are live here outside at the base station for GameSpot. And we said that we wanted someone to play this giant Jenga game that they have over here. And then we totally forgot about it until someone Well, they were doing the it blog. so stealthily. It was very silent. But congrats. I'm proud of you. Make sure, make sure one of our, our friends over there gives you the prize that he promised you. Yes, the prize you have rightfully won. All right, back to Monster Hunter World Iceborne. And so you are moving and traversing through the world through deep snow. And um, when you get snow accumulation on your character, it actually drains your stamina. And so they've added a hot drink, yeah. which is one of the many what? consumables that you can use in the world to help buff your stamina mm. when you're out on hunts. Ah, uh, yes, hot chocolate. And then you have to be sure to like manage the snow accumulation on your hunter because... Can't you just like shake it off? Shake well, I mean, like, yeah, when you Shake roll and stuff, like it comes off. But it's like something that sometimes when you're in the middle of a fight with a with a monster, you 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 forget about it because you're, you're focused on slow. on the fight, right? And then you don't no. see your stamina being affected. Maybe yeah. I, I haven't played Monster Hunter. Well, it really World. depends which weapon you have mm-hmm. and how much stamina and how much mobility you have. Because I am a light bowgun player, I have a lot more agility because my weapon isn't as powerful. Mm. So it makes me faster, but it's also uh, also usually weaker. So I have to be more strategic about the types of ammo that I'm using against the monsters to make sure that I'm maximizing my efficiency with my hits because they are not as powerful as some of the big blade weapons are. The big boys. Yeah, exactly. Um, and so I thought that that was a really neat mechanic. It, but really, I think Britt and I had the most fun with the Trail Riders. Oh, yeah. There's like these skunk-looking dudes. Yeah, so Tail Riders... I mean, riders, they're, they're animals. They're not dudes. They're so not there's, humans. Yeah, there's, so there's two different <laughs> kinds. So the Tail Riders were a part of the Palico system in the main game where you could get these Palicos that joined your hunt and would help you fight. Um, and they would help, like, um, sniff out things for you in the world. Um, and what's cool about the, t- the, the Trail Riders is that it's now a mount that you can summon that will track the monster for you. And so when you're out in the world, you just equip your mount, your, your, your trail rider, and then your little buddy just runs up and you jump on its back and then it's all automated. Mm-hmm. And so you can pick up and harvest items as, as he's running you to the monster and it saves you so much time. It's like the oh, yeah. best thing ever. It's the express train to the monster. Yeah, you know, there it's you like... I don't really like the hunting part of Monster Hunter. Like, I don't want to track it. I just want to get to the, just want to the big it. boy and I want to kill it. You want exactly. to get to the fight. Yeah. And now I don't have to worry about it. I can just hop on this little skunk creature and it takes me to my favorite place, which is where and, the monster is. Yeah, and being is. able to harvest items while mm-hmm. you're on it is, like, the so trash and everything Because, like, I've, I've had games before where you're on a mount and then you have to keep getting on and off of it in order Tell to even harvest, harvest anything. And you're yeah. like, this is just a pain in the ass. I'll just walk. Yeah, we were just spamming that circle button, man. I was just picking up all the stones, all yeah, the kids. Give me all that yeah. thing. So yeah. efficient. It was great. And the snow physics were so good. Yeah, I mean the game. Aww. I mean Monster Hunter World was a beautiful game to begin with, and so them adding all of these snow mechanics and the the lighting with the snow mm-hmm. and the monsters with all the ice and oh. everything. It's just it's a really cool way to do an expansion. And what I thought was really fascinating is when we were talking with the development team, they said that the amount of content in the Iceborne expansion is almost as much content as the base game of Monster Hunter World. Is it a $40 expansion? 
Um, I don't remember okay. what the price is. But it sounds like that would be a justified price if there is that much content in the... Yeah, I mean, because that game is yeah. huge. I mean, the campaign was awesome, and then there was all this replayability going after the different armor sets and the different weapon sets and things like that and upgrading. I mean, I know people that... There's a very loud motorcycle outside. Excuse you. Um, there, I know lots of people that have dumped 500 plus hours in some Instamonster Hunter World, so um, I Craziness. was really excited by it. So It was fun. Ooh. It was fun. To, I, I'm surprised at how easy it was to pick it up and start playing again. I think in my mind I had it that it was this big jumbled like UI mess and it really wasn't that bad. Yeah. yeah. No, it was, yeah, muscle memory. It's like riding a bike. Exactly. Just got, killing monsters. Got right like back on the monster. <laughs> All right, Steimer, you're up. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. Well, I would like to talk about the coolest reveal. It wasn't really the coolest reveal. But it was the one most nearest and dearest to my heart because it had the old lady squad. Watchdog oh, Legion. Yeah. yeah. Helen. 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 She's the best. Yeah. I can't wait to be her. Granny squad. And only her. So in Watchdog Legion, you can be any NPC. That's like basically mm-hmm. the whole shtick of the game is you can recruit people and then play as them. Which means you can technically have an entire roster of, like, old ladies. Yes. Someone asked the developer about this, and they said, yeah, you can absolutely 100% do that. The only thing is you will be a little slower. (laughs) So we, Brittany and I got to play this. a mobility-challenged character. Yes. That was, like, the official That's a very accurate way of saying it, because, yeah, Brittany and I had a little bit of hands-on time here with this game before E3 technically started, and... Um, as I was, I was like, no, I want to be her. I want to be her. She's great. And I did play her, but then I switched to a younger character, and I was like, oh, okay. I definitely see the difference here. Like, it's very noticeable when you're playing as an elderly person versus when you're playing as someone who's in their like their twenties, because mm, yeah. um, you can like sprint and do all these things, and then you're kind of just like <laughs> hunched over hobbling. When yeah, you're, but but, you know? but they have cool gadgets, right? Oh so yeah, that's what I thought was really neat about what they're doing with Watch Dogs Legion is that not only are there different speeds for the physicality and the traversal of these characters, but they all have, like, different buffs and different skill sets. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and you can kind of make them into... There's, like, three different classes that you can specialize Spider-bot. in. Spider-bot. And Spider-bots were great. That's oh. what I used the most with um, with the person I was playing with. Uh, and she... I would just be like, Spider-bot, go! And that, like, claws onto their face like a facehugger, and then I just shocked them in the face, and then they would go That's down. brilliant. And I'd just be like, Spider-bot! Spider-bot! Go. Mm-hmm. Nice. And then it was great. Yeah, it's going to be interesting since there isn't one core central character in this game yeah. to see how it impacts the narrative or maybe an emotional investment that you have in this game. So Yeah, I think that'll be interesting. I also think it's really cool that they went ahead and did all of that work to make every single cutscene work with any of these NPCs in the world yeah. and have them be a little bit more unique. So, like, the elderly lady was, like, just chilling on the bench. But the younger lady that I was playing with would sit, like, up on top of the bench, like, on the the back part of the bench. And I'm like, the fact that you took the time to, like, do this when probably... With the, the little details? Right, the little details, even though most people probably wouldn't notice or care, is amazing. I've always had such a great appreciation for the work that the Ubisoft art teams do in building these worlds. It doesn't matter which franchise it is, whether it's... Ghost Recon, or it's Watch Dogs, or it's Assassin's Creed. I think their attention to detail throughout all of their franchises in their world building is really, like, best in class. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, it's fantastic. I actually never got a chance even to play the other two Watch Dogs. I'm sorry. I didn't play the Watch Dogs before. <laughs> but I am excited about this one, and I think it, it looks interesting, and I want to just recruit all my peoples. What are you going to call your granny squad? 
What? What are you going to call your granny squad? I mean, the Golden Girls, obviously. Oh, yeah. I mean, that's, that's just low-hanging fruit right yeah. there. I mean, you gotta, what you else would you it. call them? <laughs> <laughs> it does seem like that's a popular thing. I saw a few other people tweeting about that, too. So I just... I, I'm going to get a kick out of all the clips that come once this game is out and everyone's playing it on Twitch or on YouTube and it's being like, look, look at this, the way I like did this stealth run with this 90-year-old grandma. I guess that would make for a really good crew to do a non-lethal run. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Right? But I like but I like that in the at least in the trailer that they showed, they had the ex-assassin basically grandma. Oh, yeah. And she's like, this better, better be, be good. Yeah. <laughs> you so woke me good. up from a nap on my bench. Yeah, so much swearing in that trailer. Yeah, so I omitted the swears, which I don't like, well, mostly because we're here and there yes. may be children around. There could be children nearby. Oh. So we'll do our best to keep this this PG. Well, we'll definitely hear more from Watch Dogs Legion in the coming months because it's uh, slated for spring 2020. Like, it feels like so many games. Those sirens are here in Los Angeles. Yes. At LA Live, hopefully. It is not from Watch Dogs Legion, <laughs> which there were a lot of sirens. Well, Hello. So loud. You go get them, Los Angeles Fire Department. There were a lot of people chasing me at one point in the demo, and I was just running around like a mad woman in a car. And just the problem is so that they have a lot of checkpoints. um, And, like, the minute you go through one of those, everyone knows exactly where you are. So I'm just, like, screaming, going, like, driving like a maniac. Oh, accidentally hitting a checkpoint, being like, screw this, I'll drive on the other side of the road. Like, I was also driving on the wrong side of the road, because obviously in the UK, I killed so many people while driving. I am not used to that, because I drive on the right side of the road. So I was just, I think I like full on hit 30 people. I just eventually Mm. drove the car into the park, got out of the car, and ran around through the park, and that worked. So, pro tip from me to you if you're trying to chase, like, escape the cops, drive your car into the park, hit a few people, and get out. Maybe try to avoid the people if you can. I mean, if you can. Listen, at that point, I had lost control over everything. Yeah, fair. And yeah. fair. Um, all right. Let's move on to Brit's next pick. Oh, so I finally got to play Final Fantasy VII today. And, woo! Yeah! Final Fantasy VII Remake! Yeah. Oh, my God. This was like the game I had to go hands-on with all year. So... The demo is the same thing that we saw during the reveal, where you're with Barrett and you're at the reactor, and it's the beginning of the game, Cloud has to set the bomb, and they have to try to escape, but then the big guard, Scorpion, comes and, like, messes up your day. Um, I had, I mean, there's a few things playing into this. Seeing all the clips and seeing all the footage of it, you know, you get really excited. You were next to me during the Square, you saw me lose my mind. Oh, yes. I, I witnessed the emotion during the, the Square Enix media yeah, briefing, yeah. where a, she there, saw the reveal. Yeah, there's a lot of emotion there. And that's always been great. But, like, actually having your hands on the controller... It feels real. It felt real. And just kind of panning the camera around and looking at Cloud from all, all the angles. He's yeah. a very attractive boy. How many butt shots did you do? You were like, I got a few little glimpses. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Does he squat? No. All right. He lifts, though. He lifts. He's that heavy sword. <laughs> he lifts a very heavy sword. And just seeing... You know, being able to pan around and see him action and actually move him around and see your Barrett and hear Barrett and just, like, be in this environment. I just had, like, a super emotional reaction. Not like a, oh, my God, but like a, oh, 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 it's happening. Yeah, like, no, you were grunting throughout the entire presentation. I was silently though. grunting today because there was people next to me and I didn't want to, like, freak them out. <laughs> but, yeah, so, I mean, just actually playing it just made me, it's like, this is actually happening. And, I mean, it looks great. It's fun to play. And when the music starts playing in the background, it's like a remix of the old music. It's just like, oh, my God, it's 
so good. Anyway, um, but yeah, you know, it's a really straightforward demo. You're just walking around the reactor. There's a few guards that you have to take down to kind of get familiar with the combat, a few chests to find and unlock. How does the combat feel? The combat feels really good. I was able to pick it up and play and, like, do it no problem. So the way, obviously, Final Fantasy VII, when it first came out, turn-based. Yeah. And how it works is you have your ATB action time bar. That fills up, and then you can execute an attack. Well, obviously, that's not the way things are now. So you have square, which is your standard attack. And then after you use square, you build up your ATB gauge. And then once that's filled up, then you can do, like, Braver. You can do some of his other skills, like Triple Slash or something was one of them. Um, And then as you take damage, your limit bar fills up. And then when that fills up, then you get to do things like his Cross Slash, which is, you know, the awesome move that he ended the demo on. It was so good. But the combat works really well. You know, it's real time in the sense that you you can switch between the characters whenever you want by pushing up or down on the D-pad. So it was just Cloud and Barrett who was always controlling. And the guard Scorpion, I had incapacitate, there we go, him by using Thunder, which is one of Barrett's spells. So I would be playing as Cloud, and then you can manage your characters, like, on the fly, or you can actually switch to them to manage them. So if you're playing as Cloud and you're, like, trying to get your ATB gauge up and you're slashing, slashing, and you notice that Barrett's gauge is full, you, you just push R2. Well, you can switch over to him, or you can push R2 and assign a command ah. on the fly. And by pushing X, it's called the tactical mode, and then it times, like, almost comes to a complete stop. It oh, that's, does, I was just about to ask, actually. Like, is there a way to, like, slow it down if I need yeah, a minute? Yeah, and it's a sweet medium because it gives you the feeling of the turn-based combat that you kind of grew up and love, but now it's more modernized, and it works really well. It was really easy to pick up and understand it, and uh, the battle was really intense, and it, it was just so good. I wish there was more to see. But, but what does it feel like? Because, obviously, back in the day, it's all, like, pixels on screen, and, pixels. like, when he goes Polygons. to Slash, he's like, hi yeah. You know, like, what's it like seeing him, like, execute these moves? It was, I said, it was, like, emotional. Because it was so good, and it was so well done. And the voice acting is so good. Emotional. emotional. Is this a weird, like, manatee? This is how I talk when I'm the emotion manatee. It's like a Muppet voice, but not. But no, it was, it was just so well done. And I know this is only, like, a snippet, obviously. It's, like, the first boss fight in the game. But if they can, if this quality can be kept up, throughout the rest of the game with all these major moments in the game that I'm like clouds are you just gonna be crying throughout the whole thing probably yeah I I mean I honestly didn't expect to get that emotional I just played Final Fantasy 7 for the first time like four years ago and I'm replaying it now on my Switch but something about it is just so magical and seeing it in this form oh my god what did you think about Tifa's reveal (laughs) huh what did you think about Tifa's reveal oh my god she looked good she's so cool she's so pretty such a badass Tifa's an awesome character are you going to play this? I know you probably will. I'm will. actually very intrigued by the combat changes. You know me. I'm not a turn-based person. Mm-hmm. It just doesn't get me excited. And so I usually abandon anything that's turn-based. Yeah. Um, but obviously it's much more full action this time around. But they, as you mentioned, they're kind of doing a nod to the turn-based combat of, of, of your, But with that tactical mode. And so I'm definitely going to, to step into the world and see what it's like and get a feel for it. But like... Feels like it's going to be a long game because they're stretching it out into these episodic things because they've built so much new content in mm-hmm. that, I mean, obviously a love letter to fans of Final Fantasy, particularly of Final Fantasy VII, but that's not Andrea Renee, right? So <laughs> you're like, what's the short and sweet of it? Let's get to yeah, the point. I mean, we all, you guys who, who watch What's Good, you know about my Final Fantasy IX experience. With Let's Alexa not talk Ray. about that. So we know we're not going over that now, but mm. I'm definitely intrigued. I think it looks beautiful, and like I said, I think what they're doing with the combat changes um, look really cool. Oh, it's so good. <clears throat> I'm starting to grunt. Let's move on. All right. No, yeah. it's all good. So speaking of combat, um, this next title, hmm. 
that I, it, I was, that I I was hoping you were going to segue with grunting instead. No, no grunting. <laughs> well, there is some kind of grunting in this game. Um, it, it, but it's a, obviously a very combat-focused game, and it's Dying Light uh, 2. I'm so happy you like it. Yeah, so the first Dying Light I didn't really get into because the night cycle part of that game was just, it, it was too scary for I me. I mean, the volatiles who will yeah. chase you. Yeah. Dude, I was, don't want things chasing me. It was too intense for me, and I just had to put it down and kind of walk away from it. Now... Luckily, I haven't seen the night cycle part of this game yet, we so I'm still, I'm still excited for it. They haven't showed it yet. They said we that saw they're a gonna... spooky part, though. Yeah, so they did show, obviously, a few things in the trailer. We saw it on the Xbox showcase, uh, which was great. And then they, we got to see this cool behind-closed-door demo um, here at E3 2019. So uh, I want to talk a little bit about what we got to see. I think the thing that really impressed me the most in the demo was the way that they've upgraded the parkour and traversal system in the world. So I had asked a question to the development team. I was like, this demo's cool, but does it look this cool because it's a demo, because it's a developer who has practiced? Because you have, like, a script. You know exactly where you're running to. Right. I was like, or is there going to be a way for me as a novice player to be able to see where I go? And he's like, actually you can pretty much climb everything in the world. Like, you have a stamina bar, of course, that's going to make you have to make meaningful choices about which path you choose to take. Right. But they've really put work into an algorithm that kind of learns as you go. So while you're wall running or while you're grappling with your grappling hook or you're swinging from rafters or whatever, that, you know, it kind of, like, guides you along. And so I'm really excited to get hands-on with it. Of course, you know, they haven't... Let us play the game yet, no. which, is, um, which is a bummer. I really was hoping that this year would be the year, especially since they finally told us the release window is spring 2020. Mm-hmm. But I was really impressed by the demo, and the traversal looks great. Of course, we got this new hero, Aiden Caldwell, that we got to learn a little bit more about here at E3. And then um, the, the consequences. So that was like the big thing that they were showcasing in this demo at E3 was... This game has, quote, massive consequences from your choices. No pressure. And it was really evident. Yeah, don't fuck it up. Um, Hi, there's a helicopter going overhead. Um, oh, look, it's Amaris, everybody. Oh, and Mary. Hello. Hi, ladies. Um, so what was cool about the demo is that it did really feel like the consequences had weight. So mm-hmm. we came across some characters. Um, there was a scuffle going on between a couple different factions because the drinking water has run out. And now it's up to you to try to go figure out why this overlord guy is withholding the water and to get water back because obviously water is important. important. Um, <laughs> Especially so, in the apocalypse. Very. And so within that storyline, there's all of these different individual smaller choices you have to make that have lasting impact on your game. And I thought that that was really interesting because we've seen several developers try to tackle these narrative consequences within games before. Um, but sometimes the choices, bye ladies. Sometimes the choices don't feel like they actually matter, but it's, right. but it, they feel like they have weight in Dying Light too. Yeah, the one of the options or the things we basically saw was like whether or not you choose to trust this guy who's holding the water, or you kind of basically just kill him uh, and take it. Uh, and so in the demo, he chose to to go against this guy and take the water. And doing that opens up basically an entire new section of the map because it drains the water out of one area and puts it somewhere else. Uh, and then they had like a little tease of a new type of infected coming out of the ground, which I believe they called the Drowners. But I think it was the Drowner, yeah. Uh, 
And so that was actually interesting. What and he's I only was, unlocked if you do right. that. Yeah. And he Which has, like, spikes like, he's like, There's arm. types of infected you may never see, depending on your choices in the game. And I think that that's really interesting. Yeah, they said uh, by the time you finish your first playthrough, you probably have only seen 50% of the content. Which that's, is crazy. That's wild, you know? Like, I mean, not that I... I'm going to play this game like 10 times to see all the content. That's what wikis are for. Thank you to all of you wiki makers out there. Um, or I can just watch somebody else stream it. But, hey, YouTube. <laughs> but I think it's a really interesting style of game making, right? It's like this idea that they want to give so much content to the players and say, we want to put value into this box, right? Like, we know yeah. the games are expensive and we want to make something that we think is a really compelling experience that's not just another zombie game. Right. Well, I, yeah. Go I, I, going into this, because obviously you were stoked about the first one. You like, you want to play this one. I was kind of like, I guess I'll come to this demo. I don't really know. Whatever. Sure. Uh, but it didn't sound like my wow. kind of game. Cause they had mimosas there, so it so, all worked I guess. Out. Yeah, I was exactly. like, there's the bar, Steimer. Yeah, You'll she love got it. me with the booze. <laughs> and then um, I go in and I'm watching this demo and I was like, this is actually kind of fascinating to me and actually sort of up my alley. Um, because at least during the day, again, I haven't seen the night cycle, so I'm a little bit scared of the we night. Haven't seen you the and night me both, cycles, sister. Yeah. But but the day, I was like, I can do this. Like there are zombies around, but they're not. They didn't seem like uh, the thing that I would be the most worried about. Like it's really obviously as. As the thing that you don't necessarily like in zombie games, it's the other people you really need to worry about yeah. in this world. And so I asked that during our demo. I said, you know, I would, I'd say you could classify the first Dying Light as a zombie game. You know, do you think the second one by when all is said and done will also be classified? And he essentially said, you know, I hope not. You know, the focus of this time around is more on the humans. And it's like, that's fine. I get it. That's a that's a path all zombie fiction as opposed to zombie nonfiction, ah, yes. must go down, <laughs> right? It zombie suddenly com- becomes about the humans. But yeah, I'm excited about the night cycles because I want to be chased by the volatiles and I want to see my zombies. You no. want to be chased by them? She likes oh, this yeah. stuff. What am I even yeah, asking girl. this question for? Of yeah. course you do. Yeah. Oh, I'm yeah. so excited that both of you are like warming up to it. I was very impressed by what Techland showed. Yay. And so, and it was also beautiful. Like, it's yes, so it's a post-apocalyptic world, but the colors popped. The lighting was gorgeous. I was just like, ooh. Shiny, crispy colors, textures. I like them. Yeah. It looked really, really nice, really sharp. All right. Keeping on with our 10 cool things we saw at E3 2019. Steimer, what is your next pick? Uh, I guess we'll go from one Polish developer to another. Sounds good. CD Projekt Red. Ooh. Cyberpunk 2077. Okay, yeah. That's good. That, maybe that'll be I a, tried. a good job, little tagline. I, I, saw like you, I saw you like we're making eye contact. You're really trying <laughs> to... like, I gotta try to keep up with you. Keep up with me. <laughs> I thought you were gonna keep going for a second. I was really excited to hear your I mean, cyberpunk you song. <laughs> I mean, that's, that's all if I got ha- for now. If we have time to kill, if we have to fill the rest I, of this hour... I'll work, I'll I'll work on a cyberpunk song. <laughs> for, for next week's episode. Okay, great. Yes. Um, but, so we got a, yet another like lengthy, meaty demo this year. Mm-hmm. Last year, I was a little turned off by the dialogue. Yeah. I felt like it was a little bit try hard. There was way too many F bombs. That's me speaking. I drop a lot of F bombs normally. Also we were super hungover. I, I so don't we know if the hungover thing had anything to do with it. It just there was something felt off about it then. No no I that agreed I with feel you. like yeah. it was fixed this time around, which I was excited about. Um, the dialogue flowed a lot better. Um, they also played as the male version of V for the most part. There was a couple of times when he swapped back and forth to the female. Uh, but Otherwise, the the world is crazy technology-wise. Like, so... And I don't mean, like, the cyber implants or anything like that. I mean, like, there's no loading screens. I mean, like, you're walking from place to place and you're doing all of these things and you're having this quest progress and yet you're not like, I open a door and now let's look at this beautiful loading screen. Like, that's... 
it doesn't hinder you in any way tech-wise, which is great. Um, and yeah, and I thought the district that we saw in this demo was really cool. So I unfortunately didn't get to see the demo last year because I was busy um, on stage. But what was really neat is that this is a uh, there's very distinct districts in Cyberpunk 2077 in Night City, and that they each have their own feel. So this was called Pacifica, mm-hmm. and it was like uh, meant to be a resort town that went bankrupt essentially isn't yeah like, everybody all, pulled, all the money got pulled out yeah. at the all last the developers minute. were like we're, we're we're abandoning this and now it's just been kind of taken over by these gangs the voodoo boys the voodoo boys yes, yes. yeah they mm. seemed really cool and they had a, a much different vibe than the last gang we saw last year which were very basically like almost cyborgs fully because they had had so many cybernetic implants on them uh but yeah no this crew was all about hacking so and body modification, they were all like the bodybuilders. They all had like no. really weird, ripply muscles. The bodybuilders were the other ones. So animals. The voodoo. Oh, boys the animals. Are the hackers. Yeah. And then the animals are like another rival faction in that area that are not normally there, but have been hired for a specific purpose. And the animals are all about body modification, and they're like the big muscly guys yeah. that honestly looked a little gross. <laughs> well, it was, a little, it was, it was a little much for my personal well, no, taste. The, I think it was intentional, right? Yeah, I think yeah. it was, they they look like someone who's done way, way too many too steroids injections. Yeah. And I I love how they made the leader of the animals the the the, the mini boss fight that we mm-hmm. saw at the very end of the demo, like this like beefy lady. What was her name? Oh, I, I forget her name. I, think I remember I the underground's name. The voodoo leader's name is Brigitte. I don't remember what the animal's oh, yeah, leader I don't name was. Oh, wow. Sasquatch. That was her name. I wrote down. Sasquatch. Sasquatch. Oh. Sasquatch. She was. She was massive. Like I've. I don't know how any physical person in the real world could get that big, but she in the had, world of cyberpunk, she, baby, you can do anything. Exactly. You can be as big as you want to yeah. be. No, the game just looks better and better the more we see it. I, I'm happy that we got to see actual, like, the, the fighting and the combat because last year, and I mean, I would say I preferred last year's demo just because you got to see more of the town and more of, like, the character interactions. Sure. You didn't really get that this year, but, I mean, I don't really need to see anymore. The one point. thing we have not mentioned, which is was one of the wildest moments of the press conference, uh, Keanu fucking Reeves oh, was yeah. in this game. <laughs> like, holy, yeah. what? Like, uh, okay, he came out on stage and I was just like, what? Like, uh, okay. And so Keanu Reeves' character. Johnny is, Silverhand. Johnny yep. Silverhand is basically a like a cybernetic ghost in your brain. Like he Perfect. is not real and he'll just talk to you. And then like during the whole demo, he was, he would just pop up occasionally and say like a one liner and like be off in the corner smoking a fake cigarette. Yeah, so I really love the reveal of Keanu on the Xbox briefing. It was such a highlight. I think, you know, the memes heard around the world by this point. Everyone knows about uh, Keanu being involved in the game. I thought the way that they implemented him inside the gameplay was really neat. And I think having an actor of his caliber um, in that game, I think, is going to be a draw for people who maybe weren't even thinking about cyberpunk, mm-hmm. right? And going, oh, but I know Keanu Reeves. And then maybe that'll be somebody's gateway into playing an awesome open-world RPG. One of us. Yeah. One yeah. of us. Yeah. And then I also really love how they are, how they're doing, like, sort of character classes. But it's not, you know, in the in a lot of other games, you'll, you'll pick your class and kind of go from there. And this one, you can really mix and match your skills, depending on what sort of guns you want to be using a lot. Or if you want to hack things, or if you're mm-hmm. like, no, I'm just going to go in guns blazing. I'm going to be as beefy as possible. Uh, you really yeah. have a lot of freedom to play the way you want to, which is something that always really appeals to me. I know it really appeals to you. Um, and 
that is the thing that I will be most interested to play around with and be like, hmm, what sort of odd specializations can I do? So they had someone who was classified as like a net runner, which is more of a hacking type. Uh, and then they had another build that was more, I forget exactly what they called that one, but it was, I the, didn't write it down. It was the beefier, like Hulk smash kind. Yeah. More class. like assault class. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and so like the way you approach battles would be completely differently. So the net runner might be a little bit more sneaky and hacking things from afar. So hacking a turret to turn on the enemies or eventually if you plug into the right place, um, you can hack the individuals and their cybernetics and make them kill themselves, kill each other, oh, yeah, just yeah. To, like do all sorts of weird things. Uh, or again, you can kind of go in more traditionally guns blazing. That's my style right there. Shoot yeah. everything. Spray and pray. Tanky brick. There we and go. It was, it was interesting to see a lot of the ways that the game would also have choices that would sort of impact what was going on. So if you went in more guns blazing, this other agent wouldn't be alerted to the fact that you were even there. If you are more of the, the hackery type, the fact that you plug into this system means that he is alerted that you're there. And so, like, there's a lot of little tiny things that will, I assume, branch out into something really interesting and meaningful. Yeah, absolutely. I think it's a classic RPG mechanics reimagined in a, a really fascinating way. And, I mean... Spring 2020 just can't get here soon enough. Dude, so much. I know. <laughs> like, from from January to, to May, it feels like it's just, like, packed with so many good games. It's like games. Christmas. We'll see how many slip, and then we'll, we'll see. No, oh, what? Don't say that. I'm just a realist. You so are. Bad. That's but fair. Should we talk about something that's coming out this year? Yeah, let's do that. Good so, segue. That was good, Simon. I tried. You're getting good at these. <laughs> I uh, tried yeah. to be as good as her one day. Oh, you stop. You are as good as oh. me. Are you done? Yes, we're done. Okay, so um, I got to play Pokemon Sword and Shield today. I don't know if I was playing Sword or Shield. Yeah, they didn't say. No, it was just like, here's the thing. You're not playing the thing. And the demo starts with you at the water gym. And, you know, the gym leader is Nessa, which sounds a lot like Ness, which is like from Earthbound. The Ness Mountain. Well, that, I mean, no. Oh, Oh. that's what they're probably going for. Yeah. I was thinking Ness from Earthbound. Anyway, (laughs) Nessie. Ah, ah. It's clicking now. Anyway. (laughs) Thank you, Summer. I was pondering about that. So, yeah, you get to the gym, and before you can actually get into the stadium itself where you have the crowds, you have to go through a few trainers. You were there with me. You have to go through a few trainers and solve a A waterfall puzzle. It's very traditional Pokemon in that sense. Like. All of the gyms that you go to, you, you don't just walk up to the gym leader. Oh, no. no There's no. like a little thing you have to do before you get there. Yeah. And so it's a waterfall puzzle. You have, it was a red, blue, and yellow switch. And you had to, you know, like hit the switches and make the waterfalls appear, disappear, clear your path so you can get into the stadium. And what was cool, what I noticed was that you have the trainers and you can actually sneak past some of them. And you have this thing called the focus meter. I'm not sure what the technical term is, but the screen kind of starts closing in when you get more within the line of sight of trainers. And that's something that I'm I'm super excited about that because I hate always being forced to fight trainers because sometimes yeah. I just don't want. There it. were some you couldn't avoid, but yeah, there were. It was like you can successfully sneak past them. There's not like a sneak prompt. It's just you gotta like. Yeah, kinda, you just like, kind of like have slow. to stay far away and try to not pull them. Like, yeah, exactly. No aggro. Please Damn. leave me alone. I don't want to fight your one Pokemon. Jesus, yeah. get another one. These people, yeah, these, the po- people Pokemon these, yeah. stuff. Pokemon, uh, yeah. I didn't make it over to the Nintendo booth, sadly. Um, I was doing some cool stuff um, in a different part of the convention, so I'm just soaking all this up. Like a Magikarp. I was actually very Do Magikarp very soak stuff up? I'm sure they I do. Mean, They're a fish. They go in the water. Yeah, they soak up water. It's weird. <laughs> I don't know. It's weird. Uh, it's so not a sponge, though. It may as well be. I don't I mean, know. That's all they're good for. I don't know. A sponge would at least be useful. <gasps> 
Oh, yeah. that's I mean, right. I mean, I just magic carp. What are you going to do about it? No, just basically he turns into Gyarados and he's going to kick your. Yes, I know what becomes Gyarados. You don't have to tell me. I feel like. Wait, did I say it wrong? No, you're beautiful and perfect you're in fine. every way. Thank so, you. So then once you finish, you know, doing the thing with the trainers, then you move on. Uh, this was the part where I was like, oh, this is real. You walk through a tunnel, and then it slowly pans out, and you're in the middle of the stadium, and you see the audience in there and the crowd, and they're cheering, and it's this actual, like, legit stadium. And it's not like you're in a little tiny room with, like, Lieutenant Surge. It felt really epic. Yeah. It was like, wow, this is happening. I mean, I know we have Pokemon Let's Go on the Switch, but, like, have the next mainline Pokemon series seeing it on that screen it looked so good it was like this is actually happening we're finally getting it and then we fought against nessa and and uh we're not totally successful <laughs> well here's the thing you lost your battle here i'm i'm no yeah it was, oh, it timed, oh it, who's telling the truth it timed out so like technically we didn't lose or win it just stopped. It was a draw. We don't hold nothing I thought if it timed out, that means you didn't beat it fast enough. That's I mean, exactly it was like, yeah. Okay, we were, exactly so you lost. We were busy, saying. like, looking at all the cute new Pokemon, because they had Yamper. the world's greatest. Yeah, they have Yamper. So Yamper the party, is the part, a corgi. The party you started with, you had all level 50s. You yeah. had the main three new starters. You had Yamper, which is adorable, electric corgi, with a little heart on his butt. It's adorable. And then you had Wooloo, which is the sheep Pokemon. Oh, every, the sheep? Wooloo's a badass. Yeah. Oh. Sheep's okay. actually pretty good. He does a nice. body slam, and it did a lot of damage. I mean, granted, it hurts. It hurts what type is the sheep? He's a sheep. Oh, I think normal. Normal plus maybe something. Something but else. I, yeah. I don't know. I don't okay. know. He has an attack called Cotton. I don't know if Cotton's. No, it's not. Um, <laughs> Cotton's not a type. No, it's not. <laughs> Cotton is not one. Um, what? Are we a thing? Yeah, We're a yeah, thing. Okay, right. so then you, right. you get into the, the gym leader, and Nessa just looks absolutely amazing. There's already some great cosplays of her out there, which looks so good. I love the cosplay community. And her first Pokemon was a Goldeen, which was like, okay, that's your water. I get it, but a but Goldeen. Goldeen, like, yeah. you could probably pick somebody else. But that that being said, that Goldeen managed to take out our little Ampers. Was it? No, no, it was uh, oh, the it other took guy. somebody. It was the Dreadnought. Remember, he's, he, she Dynamaxed the oh, Dreadnought. Oh, that's right. Yeah, we used up the uh, we used up our yampers because yeah, yeah, yampers is an electric type. Yeah, yeah, yamper is electric, so they're stronger against the water. So we wanted to bring him out, and we just wanted to Dynamax the corgi because, like the other things, no one cares. So then you were able to Dynamax it. It was just when it just gets so fucking big. It gets it's really cool. Like I don't know, I was really excited about this when yeah. we were watching. I was like, oh, look how big that little corgi boy is. Oh, he's so and good. He has, like the little tail, and I'm like, oh he's my god. And he's just boy. so happy, and he's massive. Like. It would be as if we had a giant corgi over there at the Microsoft Theater. That and like, like a good that life. size. And he was just hanging out and being like, hello. hello. And then the other one, he, she came in and Dynamaxed her Pokemon, which was... The Dreadnought. Uh, the Dreadnought. So when you Dynamax your Pokemon, their skills change slightly. Um, or maybe they're totally overhauled. I'm not sure. But he did have a lot more powerful skills. And it lasts three turns. And then if you decide to switch out your Pokemon while they're in the middle of a Dynamax, you lose it. So it's like you just got to take advantage of it. Okay. Yeah. yeah. So we, we, we Dynamaxed our Yamper. And then we electric we electrified the arena. And we totally overkilled the Goldeen. It turned into like fish sticks. Yes. And it was lovely. And then she brought out this big like Dreadnought, which is that new Pokemon that we've seen. It's kind of like a dragon-y, dinosaur-y looking thing. He's a very big... He's water rock. Turtle that's like... 
like a snappery. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And then she dynamaxed him, and then he started water geysering all oh over God. our faces. That screwed up everyone in the party. Yeah. Was, I was just like, throw out the people who are going to die anyway. Like, score bunny, get out there. Like, go ahead. You're, you're right now fodder we for this. We're not we, very good Pokemon masters. <laughs> yeah. I was Someone's like, got to be in the vanguard. It was score bunny. <sighs> yeah, it was score bunny. I was like, and then you're unfortunately, lose this anyway. I had to leave to get to my Final Fantasy appointment, so I left the fight in Simon's I tried. Hands. I attempted I attempted to save us, but uh, again, the time ran out, so I did what I could. Yeah, well, there I will mean, be but, another attempt. You guys will be able to recreate your Pokemon. I mean, I'll fight. have a better party than that because yeah. they didn't have. I mean, you don't bring you all don't those types to a yeah. water gym. You no. don't. Do, yeah, it's fine. But no, I mean, it looked great and it was really cool. You know, it was it was that. Oh my god, this has actually happened. We have this game on the Switch and it looked great and it was fun to play. I can't wait to get into the wild areas. You know, and do the free roaming and do that kind of stuff. And I was really, really re-energized about. about. I was like, yeah. I'm stoked about Pokemon again and I want to play this game and I want to get. Uh, sword, because I want the cute dog with the sword yeah, in his sword, mouth. Yeah, yeah. Those are the two legendaries. Cool. You're like, okay, <laughs> we can talk about something that you know anything about. No, listen, <laughs> you guys know that Pokemon goes over my head, and that like I, I I can talk about how cute Pikachu is all day long, but that's about it. You will love Yampers. He's but, real cute. But yeah. this is why you guys went to go get hands on with this, not me. Mm-hmm. Also, Link's Awakening is really cute too. Yes, it was. So throw that out there. Shout out to Link's Awakening. Yes. Yeah. I will absolutely agree with you. Super adorable. So many photos on social media about people taking photos of those little figurines they were giving oh, out. I forgot to go see that. Yeah. Well, yeah, we didn't get one. We screwed up. <sighs> oh, well. I guess you guys can still run over there and get it after okay, we're done. Bye. Sure. Just kidding. Don't no. do it. Don't leave. Um, okay, so we have a couple more things to talk about. So my last pick is one that I was apprehensive about. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna lie. After the reveal, I think a lot of us were apprehensive. So, we all were really anxiously awaiting the reveal of Marvel's Avengers, mm. um, and we got to see it at the Square Enix um, media briefing on Monday night. I, of course, got the amazing opportunity to work with the team from Crystal Dynamics and Marvel Games at the E3 Coliseum here at E3, and so I got a lot more information. But where I really got excited about this game was in the behind closed doors demo. Tell me everything. I, let me tell you. Um, I am... It's so good for everybody who was here at E3 got, that got to see it. I feel bad for everybody out there that's like, I just want to see gameplay because they showed such a great demo here in the behind closed doors theater. You guys know, and maybe you've heard me say, people who watch the show, I'm not really a Black Widow fan. Don't really like her. I've never really liked her as a character. Maybe that's just because of the way that Scarlett Johansson portrays her in the MCU. I just kind of like never gravitated towards her. She just wasn't for me. Man, has that changed watching what they did with Black Widow in Marvel's Avengers from Crystal Dynamics. Of course, this is a brand new original story that Marvel is overseeing with Crystal, but it's Crystal's uh, Avengers game, which I thought is really a neat way to go. And also like they have to go that way because the MCU ended, right? Mm-hmm. Like Endgame really was like you know, it's done now. It's in the title. And, and, yeah. <laughs> and everything that's happening in the MCU is its own thing. And so I thought it was really smart of them to make an original story. And I think fans, you know, are right to be a little apprehensive. When it's something new, you never know if it's going to disappoint or if it's going to really make you feel incredible and it's going to be awesome. And so I think that obviously is going to be remain to be seen from a narrative perspective because we haven't seen very much. But going back to Black Widow's gameplay, so what we got to see behind closed doors was essentially... Uh, a longer drown out version of the trailer that they showed. But so, with UI as well, so you could kind of understand how the gameplay would work. Right, exactly. So we get to see gameplay from all five Avengers that they announced. 
Uh, we get to see some of the flight from Iron Man. We get to see Thor whipping Mjolnir around. Um, the Hulk stuff I, was actually the least interesting to me because it's like he Hulk smashes, smashes everything. <laughs> he, I, was like, I mean, he's really bouncy. Yeah, you probably like him because he's a giant he's very tank, limber. Right? Uh, and that's and that's your speed and the other stuff. Oh my gosh, I'm having a a blank here on the gut. Black Widow was the end of the demo. Yeah, so Cap was on the ship. Cap, yes, that was his gameplay. Actually, looked super cool with the shield mm-hmm. and like how. I mean, Black Widow's obviously way more acrobatic as a as an Avenger than Captain America is, but he kept doing all these cool like spin moves as he would anyway like as he would throw the shield, mm-hmm. and it looks like it's going to be super fun from a combat perspective. But what I loved about Black Widow is that she's clearly like an assassin-type character, and those are the types of combat situations that I usually gravitate towards when we're talking about a party mix of players. You are the tank, right? Oh, yeah. and you, she's the Hulk smash. You like playing rogue assassins, too. Yeah. Um, I also like playing those like really nimble characters, and she just looks so fluid. And the way that they were playing her... her she could pull out her double pistols and, and use them to shoot... And then she could do these really cool like moves where she could do like chokeholds. Um, and then her her special ability. Do you remember what her special was? I mean, she went invisible at one point. That's true. She cloaked. Yeah, yeah, that was really cool. And I was like, oh shit! So I haven't seen any gameplay. So is it just you have your character and then you have skills assigned to certain buttons? Yeah. So okay. they're like essentially like a, it was. So they were playing on a PlayStation controller. So mm-hmm. it was like triangle, square, okay. and circle. And you can level up these characters individually in. In combat missions outside the main story, mm. so I what was great about being able to have so many opportunities to talk to the Crystal Dynamics team was I got to ask them like, so what is this game? And so it's a single player campaign that has co op combat missions that are separate from the campaign. Uh, okay. So I, what I really loved about that is that it allows you to have this really cinematic narrative experience by yourself, but then you get to jump into co op with your friends and really kind of become those superheroes that we've seen, you know, in the comics and on TV and in the movies for years. Do you so know how many years. players it supports? Four-player Four. co-op. Cool. And so there's not going to be any duplication of heroes because they didn't like the way it would be like... You- there are five Hulk. There's only Hulks. one. There's only one Hulk, right? Yeah. There shouldn't be four Hulk. I mean, I mean they're in different all universes. Like, there's multiple Spider-Man. True, but like, we're talking. This is Marvel's Avengers, though. Uh, this is not Spider-Man. So different. Um, which, by the way, I did ask them if we were going to see Spider-Man, Spider-Man a crossover, because they mentioned a PlayStation partnership, and I was like, uh, hey. Spider-Man was on PS4. Is Marvel Spider-Man coming into Marvel's and Avengers? And they shut you down, right? And they just gave me this like yeah. wink. They didn't say no, you guys. Hey. They didn't say yes. So <laughs> can neither confirm nor deny. Correct. And that was the same for Hawkeye as well. Neither confirm nor deny. All uh, all Bill Roseman said was, we have more to share in the future, true believers. Of and course. so um, it was super fun. Uh, we're getting close to the end of our time here, so I don't want to go in too much more about uh, Marvel's Avengers. I'll have a lot more to say in our episode next week because we got to get to our final 10th cool thing yeah. that we all really loved here Sisty at E3. Pigs. Which it's was? Sisty Outer Worlds. The Outer Worlds from Obsidian and Private Division. Um, clearly Obsidian having a deep history in RPGs and boy oh boy is the demo that we saw Obsidian at its finest. I was it's always was excited amazing. about this game but actually seeing it in action and seeing all the dialogue choices and seeing there are these things called companion quests and the humor this is like definitely most antici- one of my most anticipated for next year. I am stoked. And I feel like I'm like, we don't have enough time to discuss this, so we'll probably have to push this to like the next mm-hmm. week's show. But there were so many little things and little details that I loved. But, uh, number one being the obsidian humor that's always in there. It's 
I was laughing a lot during the yeah, too. Lots of puns, indeed. Yeah. Well, we'll just leave that as a teaser to let you guys know that we're going to be talking a lot more about the Outer Worlds in our episode next week because we all walked away from that demo going, oh my gosh, I can't wait to play. Hi, Gio. Hi, John. Um, But we are going to wrap our podcast here from E3 2019. We are so excited to be back here on the GameSpot stage at the base station. Uh, What an amazing week of reveals. What a fantastic slate of games to come, not only at the end of this year, but in the spring of 2020. Mm -hmm. I mean... I don't know how I'm going to have time to play all these games. You're not. No. It's but fine. at least we have like a nice sort of chill fall. <laughs> I mean, maybe. There's still a lot of good stuff coming. There's still some good stuff. I'm going to be playing Outer Worlds for all of it, so it's fine. That's true. Okay. Put it in your calendar, October 25th. <laughs> well, if you guys aren't familiar, we again, once again, what good games. You can find our podcast on your favorite podcast app. You can watch us at YouTube.com slash What's Good Games. You can follow us on Twitter at What's Good underscore games. And, of course, you can find us streaming over at Twitch.tv slash What's Good Games. Please do hit that subscribe button. It really helps us out a lot. We love all of our fans. And we're going to be doing a little meet and greet here at the GameSpot base station as soon as we're done. But I think that's going to do it for us from E3. Yeah, we did it, ladies. We did the thing. Until next week. Bye, everybody. 